We are so glad you joined us today on our podcast. We would love to continue to connect with you throughout the week. And to do that, you can check us out at substancechurch.com or on social media by searching at SubstanceMN or Substance Church. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. Yo, what's up, Substance? So good to be back here in Minnesota. Let's go. I am pumped. I believe today is going to be an amazing Sunday, not just because, you know, we're, we're doing church together, but today you have this opportunity, like, to not leave the same way that you came in today. And I believe that God is in the house to do something amazing today. Amen? Yeah. I'm also pumped because I get to hang with my friends. Can you just give it up for Pastor Peter and Carolyn, just some of the best, most genuine amazing people on the planet, and, uh, and Nate tries to keep up with my shoe game. It's not happening, um, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm just so excited to be here, and, and y'all, this is really cool because this message has never been preached before, like just the first service, like I just wrote this just, and I believe that God has something special uh, for you uh, today, and we're going to jump right in. Is that all right? Second uh, Kings, 2 Kings chapter 5, if you, if you are new to substance, uh, I am Uncle Jimmy, uh, I am family, okay? So you got a black uncle, just want you to know. Uh, and so we're going to have fun, you're going to laugh in church, it's going to be good, relax. Look at the person next to you, just be like, just relax, it's going to be good, it's going to be okay. Uh, I believe God has something special for you today. Um, this message is, I don't know if it's for me or for you, but... I'm telling you guys, during the first service, I just want to lay on the floor and cry like a big baby. And um, just because God was speaking to me in my heart through it. But it says this, it says, then Naaman. This guy's name is, is Naaman. Like, what's your name, Naaman? <laughs> so what's your name, Naaman? Oh, okay. Uh, then Naaman went with the horses and chariots. Uh, he was a commander of an army. He stood at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha was a prophet. Elisha heard from God and distributed God's word to the people of Israel. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go wash in the Jordan seven times. Go take a bath in the Jordan seven times, a shower or whatever you prefer, in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you. And you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious. And he went away and said, indeed I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord God. In other words, Naaman wanted something from God, but wanted it his way. Isn't that crazy? Like, God just said, well, how's it working out for you now? Your way. How about we try it my way? And it goes on to say, come on now, I love this. He will surely come out to me and stand and call the name of the Lord. God will wave his hand over my head and I will be healed of leprosy. Are not these rivers, the Abana? And the pear pear, these rivers of Damascus, better than the waters of Israel. Not only did he want it his way, he wanted it where he wanted it. He wanted God to show up in what he was familiar with. That's many of us. And before I even jump into just, just this thought, it, if you always do the things you've done, the way you've done them, you'll always get the things you've gotten in what you have. So God's telling Naming a strategy of finding freedom. And it goes on to says he turned and went away in rage. 
And his servants came near to him and spoke to Naaman and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, you would have done it. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> when we pray for the new job and God provides it and we go do it, we're like, yeah, I'll do that. Right? right? Maybe you're single and you've outpunted your coverage. You've got somebody way better looking than your, your certain status deserves. Come on, somebody. You're like, yeah, I'll, 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 take, I'll take part of that. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm showing you, like, this equation to freedom. And you want to negotiate with me how much you do it and where you do it and how it's done. I'm sure God's like, well, why do I need, why do you need me? If you, already, if you already have figured it out. And it goes and says, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, I love this passage of scripture, wash to be clean, you would have done it. So Naaman went down. Y'all, he took it for real bad. He dipped seven times in the Jordan. He took seven baths. That's a lot of soap. In one setting, according to what the man of God had said, because he did what God said, watch this now, God, his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He was not only healed, but he was clean. Substance Church today, if you're watching online, I want to preach to you from this topic. Just add water. Just add water. Father, I pray that you do something amazing today, that you speak into the hearts and the lives of every single person who's in the room, who's at home, who listen to this, uh, you know, on YouTube, whatever. God, speak to them through this word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Just add water. Do you know that there's some things in life that will never operate in its purpose until it is paired up with another ingredient? Come on. Where y'all oodles and noodles, folks? I love a cup of noodles. But in order for that cup of noodles to function in its purpose, it needs water. Come on, y'all. How about pancake mix? Do you know in 1920, some of y'all love pancakes. Where are my pancake lovers at? Or my waffle lovers? Nothing without water. You have to just add water. I love this thought, too, of just uh, uh, my instant coffee people. I'm not an instant coffee guy. But I don't mind a little Nespresso every now and then. Come on, somebody. It is impossible to get that cup of coffee without adding water. How many of you men got green grass? Come on, your house, you got green grass? You, you need water for that grass to grow. I don't care what you do to it. You need water. Some of y'all, you had an upset stomach and you had an Alka-Seltzer. But that Alka-Seltzer needed to be agitated with some water. If not, you would have chewed something chalky. Come on, old school Chia Pets. Uh-huh, I knew I'd get y'all. I knew I was coming for you. I'll never forget that commercial. They had this pig, a, pea, a, 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 a chia pig. That herbs grew out of it. Why? I Whose idea was that? But it required to just add water. There are some things in life that will never truly function in its purpose without the ingredient of water. As such with the Christian, as such with the believer. 
You see, water in Scripture represents the Holy Spirit. Water in Scripture represents a life that is alive in Christ. That's why we are encouraged that when we give our lives to Jesus, that that act of salvation is not complete, honestly, until we are baptized in water, showing an outward expression, a public outward expression of inward change. And so if water, if it's water that gives us life, it must be water that sustains our life. Is that, is that fair? You can't live without water. Do you see water in Scripture? It was around from Genesis to Revelation. In Genesis, before God got busy creating things, the Bible says that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. John baptized Jesus in the Jordan in the waters, these same waters that Nehemiah had to go dip in seven times. This water was significant. You see, water in, in the Bible represents newness. It represents freedom. It represents joy. How do I know? Because this woman, uh, she, 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 she is a sinful woman at the John chapter 4 at the well. Jesus meets her at a well, and he says something with her jacked up life. He says, if you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. What he's saying is, it's for you to fulfill your purpose. You got to be filled with this water. The Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being a counselor. The Holy Spirit being a teacher. The Holy Spirit being a healer. And if water represents all of those things, this water that Naaman dips in, he's healed. He's counseled. He's delivered. He's free. He's, he doesn't have to hide his issues anymore because of this water. Does that make sense? I'm just laying a foundation. And so what we do then is we find Naaman is jacked up, y'all. Any of y'all ever been jacked up? Come on, just don't let me raise my hand by myself. Like, any of y'all a little crazy? Come on, where y'all at? Where y'all at? I'm a little crazy. Like, I, I love church and love God, but I can still cuss somebody out. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> right circumstance. Come on. So I'm like, sometimes I don't want to lay hands and heal people. I want to throw hands and hurt people. We all have a past. Does anybody have a past? Uh-huh. No, not this section. Y'all always been saved? Y'all always been perfect? Is any people imperfect? Is any people in here got issues? Come on. Where y'all issues at? And if you don't got your hand up, that's your issue. <laughs> it's crazy to me. In this passage of Scripture, God chooses a Gentile to be the prototype of freedom. He chooses someone not in church to be the prototype to freedom. You see, I believe this. Just because you're free doesn't mean you're finished. Pastor, what are you talking about? Have anyone ever been in a season that was difficult and then you get out of that season and you're in a different place 
but you're still wounded and hurt from the last season? I'm going to tell you why I wrote this message. Because I'm tired of traveling the country preaching sermons still with resentment in my heart of a bad season. I just don't want to make it to heaven. I want to enjoy my life here on earth. Me and Irene, many of you know our testimony and, and how God restored and healed our marriage. We've been married 23 years and it's been about the best seven years ever. But for many years, I still carried the hurts and the wounds and the scars from the previous season. And I believe that that's why God is, cho is choosing Nehemiah here. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because I want you to get free. The first thing we got to do is we got to weigh our wounds. If you don't want to keep taking the collateral damage from the last season into your new season, you got to weigh the wounds. Pastor, why are you saying this? Because now I'm going to give you what was going on with Naaman. 2 Kings 5.1. Now Naaman, a commander of the army of the king of Syria, was great and honorable. He was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. Watch this now, next verse. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. He could fight, but he was a leper. He could conquer, but he was a leper. He had the favor of the king, but he was a leper. He went to church, but a leper. He served on a team, but a leper. He tithed, but a leper. Naaman has something that all of us today have, a big old butt. Come on. I won't tell you to look at your neighbor and tell him, you got a big old butt. Don't do that. <laughs> All of us have a butt. He's anointed, but his past is jacked up. She's amazing, but she got an attitude. I made it through the last season, but I'm still hurting from the previous season. I'm tired of carrying the wounds while I'm a winner. Naaman had the trophies. Of all the battles he had won. But the trauma from the battles remained. He looked great in public. But he cried in private. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm wondering, like, I should be grateful. I should be thankful. I should have more joy. I can't believe that I came out of that. I mean, I'm winning. But I can't enjoy it because I'm still discouraged by everything I went through to get here. Is it, am I all by myself? Or sometimes, come on, there might be somebody who is, who, is, who is remarried and you're in your new marriage. And your new marriage is awesome. But you still have the hurts, the hang-ups, and the habits from the old relationship. And you really can't enjoy this new season because you're still wounded from the last 
season. Is there anybody in here, you got the 401k, you have the job, you are deemed successful, but for some reason you don't feel like you're functioning to the totality of what God has called you to function in. I came to tell you, Substance Church, that God is not in the business of half miracles. God is not in the business of just bringing you out, but not just, uh, let me say, but saving you, but not redeeming you. And, 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 and there are so many people who are healed but still hurting. There are so many people who have the trophies, but they're still in trauma. We're leprous. You see, leprosy, it was one of the most contagious diseases in these times. Lepers, they would cover up because they didn't want anyone to know that they were leprous because if they stepped outside of their house, this was the law. The entire community would scream, unclean, unclean, unclean. How humiliating. Would it have been? But Naaman had a secret. He had the favor of the king. But he was hurt from the battle that he got in that he won. He, he had to cover up. He was hiding. He couldn't be his authentic self. What if people found out what I used to be and what I used to do? And where, what if people found out my, my testimony? And some of us, God has brought us out of a lot of things, but we can't really share what we came out of because of shame, because of doubt, because I'm, I made it through it, but I ain't over it. Anybody? I'm going to just raise my hand because it's me. God's speaking to me right now. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, I just can't enjoy it. Anytime something that resembles what I went through, I'm triggered. God, I know you said that he who the sun sets free is free indeed, but I'm just free, not the indeed part. I feel like I'm halfway free. Huh. I wrote this down, and me and Pastor Carolyn were talking between services, and, and I was like, I, 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 did this land well? Like, like, she's like, this, that was absolutely amazing, and, I, and I, she, she said these words. I feel like that there needs to be residual restoration. You came out of a season. You came out of a bad season. You came out of, of, of a time you, 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 you were sick and diagnosed and, and God healed you, but you got residual pain. You got residual emotional wounds. You got a residual trauma. Somebody betrayed you and you're in a new community and you're enjoying it. But if you're honest, you're looking around, you really can't trust anybody anymore. I got trust issues. I don't know about y'all. I got trust issues. I'm looking at you right now saying, I don't trust these people. <laughs> Any of y'all got trust issues like me? I got, man, I don't know. Look at the person next to you. I'm not even sure about you and you. I'm married to you. <laughs> it's residuals. God is after your residuals. God wants to redeem the residuals. God, you, 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 were, you, you, were, you were promiscuous as a teen, and, and, and you still have thoughts of coulda, shoulda, woulda. God wants to heal that. God, God wants to heal how you think about you. Huh. 
I'm, I'm, I'm telling y'all right now, I'm getting free the more I preach this message. I'm feeling free right now. I, I'm telling y'all, I might just jump or something. You ever been around someone that, like, they're kind of weird? And y'all know weird people? Where y'all at? You're sitting next to them? Maybe they're not weird. Maybe they're just wounded. <laughs> maybe they're not tripping. They just got trauma. Maybe they're not mean. They're miserable. Maybe they're not offended by you. They're just affected by past wounds. I, I, yeah, I've come to discover this, Pastor Carolyn, that wins don't heal wounds. Winds don't heal wounds. Only water does. And it's time for us to just add water. We have to weigh the wounds. I came to ask you, what's your wounds costing you? What comes up for you when you hear a sermon like this? Because I knew it was going to be heavy. That's why I was going to tell a lot of jokes. <laughs> what bothers you when you're in proximity of the people that hurt you? You and your wife, you've gotten back together. Y'all are good now. Things are good. Amazing. But there's still some collateral damage from words that were shared. And facial expressions. Come on. Where, where, where are my facial expression people at? Just, you need to pastor your face. Come on, somebody. Where y'all at? You don't say a word, but your face say everything. Your face cussed me out. <laughs> wounds, man. You know what's? Wounds are contagious like leprosy. <laughs> wounds been following me around, and you've been from counselor to counselor. Hmm. You went from church to church. Well, they made me mad. That counsel wasn't good enough. I've heard this so many times. I got to find me another pastor. But you will carry you everywhere you go. You cannot run from wounds. You can't outwin a wound. You can't reason away a wound. It's only the water. Uh, I, I, when I weighed my wounds, I, I, me and Irene, we were moving uh, from, from Maryland to West Palm Beach. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just accumulate stuff. You know, some people call it hoarding. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's not really a hoarding. I just, I just really value junk. <laughs> Any of y'all, like, like, you don't really totally clean up until you move to another place. Like, like, and so Irene was like, you know, you got an issue. You, you got to have it. And I said, no, girl, that's a hobby. But like, like, that's my stuff. It, it has value. And so we got this truck and, and we, we got, we started packing. I started packing this truck and all the junk that, I'm, that I've accumulated since I've been in this house. Now I got to take it to the dump. So we went to the dump, the landfill. And I get up there and the first thing they do is weigh how much junk I have. Come on, somebody. Some of you, if we were to weigh your junk, there'd be so much junk because season after season after season, although you move location, you didn't move the things that really need restoration. Huh. You're in a new place, still dealing with old stuff. 
and you got junk. And I came, to, I came today as a, as a trash man. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's a trash man today, like taking out your junk. And so they waited, and then I get to the landfill, and I start, I'm, it's hot, y'all. I'm, I'm big, I'm sweating. I'm big. I'm hungry. I want a sandwich, but I'm sweating. And, and it, getting unloading my junk was so taxing, I just decided I'll finish it later. Come on. So I go back to the weighing station, and I didn't understand how it works. How you pay is they, they weigh you when you come in, and then they weigh you when you go out. So the more you keep, the more you save. Come on, somebody. Y'all get it? So I'm like thinking, I got a deal. No. Whenever there's an opportunity to unload your junk, it's going to cost you everything. I'm telling you, I had to pay double. I came back later and had to do the same thing over again. And many of us, we're in worship services. We're in where the presence of God is. And there's so many opportunities to unload our junk. But if I'm honest with you, there are people waiting on you to unload yours so that they can have the courage to unload theirs. And what happens, like at the end of this message, I'm going to ask you, like, yeah, are you ready to unload your junk? Raise your hand. And no one's going to want to do it, but everyone's going to want to unload their junk. And someone's just waiting on somebody else to do it so they don't feel by, like they're by themselves. How about everybody got butts? <laughs> Big old butts that we need to unload because we're contagious on our kids. We're contagious in our small groups. We're contagious in our families. Do you know? that sometimes someone would have leprosy and the incubation period of leprosy can be 20 years. That means they can have and be have leprosy but not be diagnosed with it because it's still... <laughs> Some of y'all are wondering, like, I I'm struggling with this thing. Yeah. It's your wounds. Yeah. It's the wounds from childhood. It's the wounds from that teacher who told you you never be anything. You never amount to anything. And although you're successful, only, the only reason why you're really successful is because those wounds are driving you, not God's way. Wow. Wow. Pastor, you didn't have to preach like that today. <laughs> I got to weigh my wounds. Jeremiah 6.14 says you cannot heal a wound by saying it's not there. I'm tired of my wins battling with my wounds. The second thing you got to do is you got to work your word. Work your word. Weigh your wounds. Work your word. 2 Kings 5, 2 and 3 says, And the Syrians had gone out to raids and had brought back a captive young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. This girl was a servant. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. No person knew that Naaman was a leper 
except for the girl that he took captive in another season. You want to know how you win in this season? What saved you in the last one? I think many of us, we get blessed, we get free, we get delivered, and then we get forgetful. I don't want to be healed but still hurt from the season that I went through. And I, I asked the Lord prophetically this morning, I said, God, show me something new on this. And he said this. He said this. Y'all watch me. Like when I said he said, he didn't like audibly say, but it kind of fell on me. Like I'm not that smart, so I didn't say it. <laughs> right? He said, go back a chapter and look at 2 Kings. In 2 Kings 4, Elisha comes by a widow's house. And he asks this widow, what do you have in your house? Her husband had died, and she has to pay off these debts for her sons. And Elisha says, what do you have in your house? And she says, all I have is a jar of oil. Now, that wasn't that important to me when I preached that message until I saw this message, right? Not only do we have oil in our house, but you also have a word in your house. This little girl represents the prophetic word of God that has saved you from season to season to season to season. And you know what a word is? It's a prescription for you to be healed. I, I, felt, I felt really good about when I wrote that down. I was like, all the white people are going to shout right here. <laughs> what? You mean God has a word for me? You mean God was in the business of that last fight? He was in the mix of that last fight? You know what saved you? Not your skill, but the word over you. The Bible says this. I love this in, in 2 Kings 5, 4 and 5. And, and Naaman went and told his master, saying, Thus, uh, this little girl said from the land of Israel, Then the king of Syria, watch this now, go now, I will give you a letter, I'm going to give you a prescription, I don't know about you, but when I go to the doctor, and I need to get healed, I need a prescription, and that prescription allows me to transact with things that are going to make me better, oh y'all hear what I'm saying, that's what a word does, when you got a word, I am telling you right now, the word that was over my life is one day Jimmy is going to preach the gospel all over the world. I had dyslexia. I was a bad teenager. I, I, didn't, I couldn't read. I, I, I was jacked up. I didn't have the skills, but I had a word. Y'all know what I'm saying? And my mama, she would pray over me when I was in her stomach. And she was saying, my son is blessed. And my son is anointed. And my son is going to travel the world. And God, you have a word over my son. And he's going to pray for people. And people are going to get healed. And my mama spoke that word over me in elementary school and middle school. I'd be like, woman, get out of my face. I didn't say that because I get smacked. But anyway, <laughs> it's amazing to me how when I leaned into the word, it was the prescription for a new purpose. I'm here to tell you that God's word 
it says this. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and HK, uh, Habakkuk 2 and 2 and 3, write the vision down and make it plain so those who read it may run with it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but it will speak at the end, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait on it, because it will surely come. It will not Terry, Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall the word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return unto me empty. I came to tell you, Substance Church, if God said it, he's going to do it. If God promised it, it's going to come to fruition. That's why you got to read scriptures like Jeremiah 29, 11. It is a prescription for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. I'm telling you guys, I know a lot of scripture, but sometimes I just need to go back to the one word that God spoke over me and remember what my mom said over me when I got to college, when I got kicked out, when I wanted a divorce. It was the word that was the prescription to my purpose. Naaman had a word. He didn't have a doctor, he had a word. He didn't have a healer, he had a word. Pastor, what are you talking about a word? If you don't have a specific word, then you open up the global word yeah. called the inspired word of God. And you start reading scriptures like no weapon formed against me and my family is going to prosper. You start reading scriptures like everybody in my household will be saved. You start reading scriptures like I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am first and not last. You start speaking to the mountain and, it will, and, and speak to it and it will be removed. And I love this. This passage or this scripture in Jeremiah 55, 11, it says, So the word that goes out unto my, it will not return to me void. I love the fact, Pastor Carol and I was, went to the doctors a couple weeks ago and uh, got some health stuff and the doctor gave me this medicine. But the place I was going to get it wouldn't fulfill it. And I pulled up, y'all ever been to Walgreens or CVS and like, you got a prescription, but something ain't right. Your insurance ain't right. <laughs> but you really need it? Uh-huh, y'all need a doctor like mine. I called my doctor. She got on the phone and advocated for me. She got on the phone and says, you don't understand. He needs that today. I want you to know Substance Church that you have a doctor, his name is Jesus, that he advocates for you. And he will, come on somebody, he will speak to your situation and says, no, this is going to happen. You are gonna get healed. You are gonna get delivered. You are gonna get free. I'm preaching a little bit better than y'all are responding right now, but I'm telling you right now, I want you to leave this place free today and have the prescription for a purpose and a destiny. So now, what does Naaman do? He's got, he's weighed his wounds, he's got a word, that he's working and lastly now he's just got to wash in the water huh. any of y'all have teenage sons where y'all at come on it's okay I'm not going to ask you to say anything just... aren't they dirty like you are grown you're grown you smell like a grown man I don't understand. Go shower. 
I showered already. You're a liar. I used to fake a bath. I know you're faking a bath. Do you want me to go upstairs and see if that soap is wet? No, 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 Dad. I was just playing. I was just playing. What? You know what we do at church? We got soap. We got water. We got freedom. We got healing. We got deliverance. Joy is ours through the Holy Spirit. But yet we don't bathe in it. I went to, uh, my keyboard player can come. I went to, in the music park. Any of y'all like the music park? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I ain't getting on no ride. I'm a grown man. <laughs> y'all not going to see me scream. Y'all know what I'm saying? I'm not doing that. Y'all, I'm, I'm a grown man. So I'm going to sit over here in the cut and eat this smoked turkey leg. That's the only reason I go to a music park, because that, that's the only place you can get it. I've never seen a restaurant sell that, ever, but I want one. So I'm over there watching, watching my kids get on the wire, and I watch them stand in line. Y'all got the biggest turkey leg. It's so good. Meat falling off the bone. But then that cartilage stuck in my teeth. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And I watch this line, hours. They're going to get on a water ride. It was like a, a boat or a raft that a bunch of people in, white water, they're going down this thing and big slide coming down. Line is long, four hours. I don't know how long. That's, that's, I made that up. Maybe two. I'm hot because I'm big. <laughs> my dark skin attracts heat. <laughs> Has nothing to do with my sermon, just letting you know that. Some of y'all ain't been around black people. I'm trying to help you. Just <laughs> so I don't go to the beach. Hot. I watch all these people. They're standing in a two-hour line to get on a water ride. Not one of them have a towel. What? Not. And then they, they get to the ride, no towel. And I'm watching people who stood and paid money to get on a water ride, duck the water. You got on a water ride. Shouldn't you want to get wet? Bring a towel. said something because I'm crazy. I said, y'all, I'm crazy, y'all. With all that water, how in the world are you still dry? And I think the Holy Spirit is asking us, you come to church every Sunday, you're in small groups, you tithe, you give, you pray, you, with all of this water that his spirit is pulling out. Why do we still leave dry? Can you stand with me? <laughs> uh, this is not my typical Uncle Jimmy message. 
But there's this guy named Naaman. He wants to decide to do it his own way. <laughs> but the word came from an unlikely place. For an unlikely process. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> the, 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 the prophet says, go dip seven times. I'm okay with once. Come on, somebody. I've never taken seven showers in a row. You're like, you're just weird. No, you're wounded. You're wounded. You're not wounded. <laughs> Guys, I feel God in this place right now. And I'm going to try to steward this moment because I just want you to trust me. I want nothing from you but for you to enjoy the freedom that I have right now. I am preaching from a place that I think is an anointed place. And God is going to use this to set you free. I looked up, why seven? And I preached this scripture a ton of times over 20 years. Never did I see this. There were seven main symptoms to leprosy. In other words, he had seven opportunities to unload in one setting. The first symptom was dry skin. And many of us have been feeling dry. When is the last time you opened up your Bible outside of church. The second symptom was chronic ulcers. And they gave this propensity to cover up, which resulted in hiding. The third symptom was your hands and your feet got crippled to the point where you couldn't serve anybody anymore. Because all you could do was serve and have the energy to serve yourself. The fourth symptom was nerve damage. And you know what happens with leprosy? People didn't die from leprosy. They died from not being able to feel what was hurting them. And so it's kind of like this. It's kind of like you've got this thing, this wound and, called leprosy, and you're, you're near fire, but you can't feel it because your nerve system is desensitized because you've been wounded. And there's many people here today, you, you've lost your empathy. There's no feeling for people. You, th th there's no feeling. There's no more emotion. You cried so much in your past. You have no more tears left. The next number five symptom is blindness, where you lose your vision of where you're going. Hmm. The sixth symptom is paralysis. You're paralyzed in fear. You're paralyzed in doubt. And the last symptom is when it all gets jacked up is disfigurement. It's when parts of your body starts to fall off. And I have come to tell you, I get a chance, an opportunity, and I'm humbled and honored to serve God. I can preach all over the country. But I see parts of the body falling off because people had an opportunity to fully submerge in the Holy Spirit, but they don't. And today, we're just going to have a very practical way of doing that. We're going to open up our hands in a receiving posture. And I don't want you to pray this to me. But if you got some wounds, would you just give them to God? Say, God, I'm tired of carrying these. I, I want to give these to you. And I'm going to tell you these seven prophetic declarations. Maybe we can send these out later this week. But here's what I felt the Lord telling me. As, you, as you're in that posture, God, the first dip, God's going to move you from dry to drenched. 
The second dip, God's gonna move you from covering up to be covered by his grace and his mercy. The third dip, God's gonna move you from crippled to compassionate. Your empathy is coming back. Your feeling is coming back. The fourth dip, God's gonna move you from no feelings to being faith filled. You are going to have the faith that can move mountains. You are going to have the faith that you get the right prescription so that you can walk in your purpose. The fifth dip, God's going to move you from being a victim to having vision for your family and vision for your life and vision for your co-workers and vision that will get you to your God-ordained place. The sixth symptom, God's going to move you from paralysis to praise. And then the last dip, God's going to move you from leprosy. Back to legacy. And I want to leave you with this thought. When things start to dip in your life, it's time for you to take another dip in the Jordan. Pastor, what does that mean? You're going to worship with an abandonment. You're going to pray with an abandonment. Father, let me pray for you in the name of Jesus. I pray for every person that is in this room. I pray, God, every person that is watching online, that nobody leaves the same way that they came in. Father, if it is your will, which I believe it is, can you give us the prescription that takes us to our purpose and our destiny? Father, can we deal with the leprous areas of our life, the things that are dry that you want to drench? Father, I pray that we fully submit so that we can fully submerge in your living water. In Jesus' name. Sons and Church, can we give God some praise up in this place today? We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you would like to contribute to Substance financially, you can do so by visiting substancechurch.com slash giving and then select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check in next week for a new message.